What is up, Chicagoland natives? We are back. Episode 2 of Rooftop Radio, the official podcast of Paul Chicago. I am Cody Football. Sitting alongside of me are my partners here at Ball Chicago. You know the first two I'm going to introduce. That would be AJ, Skip Drayless, Mercurio. AJ, how you doing? What's up? How you guys doing? And also with us here we have Ryan Skinner, Skins. What's up? And then we got two new uh, newcomers to the podcast tonight. We talked about them a little bit last week, but you know now they're here to hang out with us. We got Sugar Shane Varvel. How's it going, guys? Uh, I'm kind of utility guy of uh, Ball Chicago. I uh, do a little bit of daily fantasy, do a little bit of bowls, do a little bit of cubs. Just kind of, you know, finding the niche. And uh, super excited to be here. Uh, my Twitter handle, if you guys want to give me a follow, is at Shane underscore uh, Varvel. So, um, uh, yeah, happy to be here. We like to call him Ben Zobrist here at Ball Chicago. Uh, Swiss Army knife. He's also got the beard, so that's that's a good trait to have. And then... Last but not least, joining us tonight is Jerry McMaster, the Jitter Bear. What's up, fellas? Uh, it's Jerry, uh, known as the Jitter Bear. I uh, will primarily be covering the Hawks. Uh, love my Hawks, love my hockey, love my hockey town. Um, like I said, we'll be talking about the Hawks mostly, and then assisting Skip Drayless a little bit with the Bears uh, and giving some feedback there. But I am thrilled to be here on Twitter. I am Dudger Bear, um, just how you would imagine it, and uh, ready to get it going, guys. So it's good to have you, Jerry. We're we're excited about that's that's Duh D A Jerry Bear like Duh Bears like Duh Bears the first place exactly. Bears. Um, and then last, not joining us again tonight because he's doing some real world things, you know, teaching, teaching our youth is Dan Glick, uh, Moses. So he'll be, he'll be joining us soon. Um, as soon as we can, you know, get him away from his teaching for, for an hour or so. But, uh, yeah, we're excited to be back. Um, you know, we, we're not sure when this will be posted again. We're pending review on iTunes right now. So Episode one and two might come out right around the same time, but we've had a pretty good following on Twitter and uh, Anchor so far. We appreciate you guys listening in, so uh, we're going to fire out episode two as soon as possible. But uh, starting off here, let's go with the best team in Chicago right now since the Cubs broke our hearts already and we're over that. But... uh, Jerry's pretty excited about him. That's the first place Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah, um, definitely off to a hot start. First place Hawks, as we call them here in Chicago. Um, you know, five out of the six points. Um, the big dogs have come to eat so far, obviously, with the L captain, Johnny Taves, Beat and Patty Kane. Both six points so far, um, and both playing out of their minds. And I touched on this in my preseason blog. Um, it's basic as it sounds – you go, we go. That's how it is with Johnny Taves. Um, I know that sounds basic, but there's no secret recipe with this team, I feel like. We know how this team operates. They still have those core guys. Um, you know, they positives, they lead the league in goals, first in goals, four. Um, negatives, as we all expected. Their defense and goalie is atrocious. They're 30th goals against, so that needs to get fixed. But I'm um, going to stay positive here because I know Crow will be back sooner than later. 
once he gets that head figured out, but Cam Ward, like the definition of a stopgap solution, and he's been, you know, a solution is a, you know, a little nicer term than I want to use. Right, exactly. And I mean, he's been rough, and there's been some soft goals, and I think he'd have some that he would admit that he wants back. But how do you, like, how how do they shore up the defense? Where can they find – improvements now because obviously you're not going to go make a move for a new guy at this stage of the season, even if there's going to be any available later on, where do they find those improvements? Like, how do you shore that up? Jerry, that's all you, man. I, I mean, defensively, no, I think no, Brent Seabrook looks slow to me. Oh my gosh. He's, he has lost a step, which is fine, but you know what? I'm trying to stay positive here because Duncan Keith's still the workhorse leading the team in ice time, uh, time on ice. And then that, um, I can't pronounce his last name. Yet. It's uh, Yoki Haru. Yoki Haru. Yeah, he is um, killing it so far. 19 years old, uh, five points, all assists though. But he is um, really helping the team out. And that young blood, like I spoke to with him and Debrinket, you know, if we can get them developed, and we still have a few guys hurt. So Dre, let's answer your question. I think time will only tell. Um, you know, I still have faith in guys like um, Keith and Seabrook. I'm losing faith, but that's my guy. But I think. Um, with Yokiharu and then Connor Murphy coming back, they'll be in Crawford coming back. I think we'll definitely see improvement. And there's only oh, can only go up from here. Yeah, I think Connor Murphy is going to be one of those guys that they really are going to have to get a lot from. Um, I mean, the guy is built like a house. Uh, he's got some speed to him. He's really going to have to uh, come in and, and be an impact guy. But I mean, stuff as simple as like watch, watching him try to skate out of the zone and leaving drop passes for guys that just aren't there. Um, obviously they're only three games into the year. I would hope that a lot of that can get figured out just by learning to play with some of the new guys that are in the lineup, but you're not going to be able to make mistakes like that really ever. But especially when you have the, the guy in between the pipes, Cam Ward, that is not Corey Crawford. Cam Ward totally agrees. He's terrible. He's way past his prime. And I don't really know like if there's a solution to get you a goalie right now, but yeah. One thing I will say about Cam Ward is he did play three and four, three games, four days. Um, he did because what's game. their backup option at this point? Right. Right. So I mean, I he, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt here early in the season, and like I said, let's pump the brakes a little bit. It's only three games. We'll see how they do against Minnesota and St. Louis this upcoming week, and you know, I think we'll start to see a better picture of how this team will shape up. When is Corey coming back? I, I don't the know 18th. if they have a timetable, do they? I saw the Is 18th that... or something. He was like, I hope that's the case. I feel like I that's mean, what the, I sooner, the sooner the better. Um, and I think these next two games are really going to show a lot. Um, hopefully until he's back and, and consistent staple in the lineup, they can just continue to outscore teams. It's definitely entertaining hockey, high energy, high pace. Oh, yeah. But I don't think it's a, it's a good recipe for sustained success to try and score six or seven goals a night. Yeah, right. I mean, they're polar opposites. It's for him to win, so – yeah, we'll see. But, I mean, definitely an, an exciting start, and it's great to see the the leaders of the team and Kane and Taves coming out of the gate the way they have. Thank God Taves is – is he back? Or are we calling him back? No, he's back. He's back. We're, we're, El Captain. I mean, he's got a billion goals in three games and <laughs> half a billion goals in three games. So, um and you gotta love the little bit of antics going back and forth in that last game when he was scoring late. And the, you know, can you hear me now? Gestures back and forth uh, with him. Austin and I think Matthews. It was 
was it Matthews or Tavares? One of the it two. It was Austin Matthews. Um, I mean, that's those are two two guys who are you know faces of their franchises and, and faces of the league. That's that that's fun to watch, and obviously that one didn't end the way the Hawks wanted to, but um, point, point. a lot of fireworks for sure. And that's hockey, baby. That game, that game was just you know I was listening on the radio, I was listening to John Wideman, but just fun to see like Tavares had a hat trick, you know Matthews had I think two goals, and then. Taves had a goal. Kane had two, like, the big guns. Oh, yeah. And, like, you know, obviously I appreciate role players scoring goals, but it's fun to watch the superstars from both teams going at it like they were. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I think Jonathan Taves must have listened to our podcast and heard something because, you know, we were were calling him out. Like, he's got to be better. He's got to be back if this team wants to go back to the playoffs and – you know, we need to get over the Nashville sweep and the, the Blues game seven and the way it started, you know, I think, I think we're all ready to forget about it at this point, huh? I In my blog, I asked for mid-high 60s. I think I might up that ante to uh, low 80s for Johnny. Yeah, uh, I mean, he's gotten off to a great start. Why not? He might Raise score a little bit. goals, so you might just that. <laughs> I mean, the guy couldn't put it in the net last year, and now he can't miss the net, and it's awesome, but – I guess I did a little disservice when I called them the best team in Chicago because we still have the first place Bears. Because first place Bears. The Packers are awful. Can we call the Packers bad? Like, is it time? No, no, no. No, and see, I, I, no. I wanted to so bad. Jerry and I were, were out there in Detroit over the weekend in the building. First time ever at Ford Field. It's kind of a weird stadium. Um, not a whole lot going on. Been there. Kind of dark, but, um, I mean – I, I wanted to every every part of me as we were walking out of there. I, I think I said it to Jerry and our, our other buddies a few times. Like the Packers might not be good. I don't know if I'd call them awful, but then you kind of snap back to reality of being a Bears fan and you realize that number twelve is still under center, and that's a little bit of a scary thought as a Bears fan over the last decade. I hate. So that. I mean, they're definitely not great. They have their flaws. They were. You know, Mason Crosby was a big flaw this past week. That's not going to be consistent, I don't think. But, I mean, they're, they're still the Packers. They still have Aaron Rodgers. Um, and the Bears are going to need to continue to to play the way that they have through the first four weeks and, and really prove that they are at that level or above before I really will go out and say the Packers are a, a non-issue. Um, you, do we think that this Rodgers situation right now is a little bit of similar to like how Brady and Belichick have been the last couple of years and kind of butt heads the first couple of weeks and kind of there's a bunch of drama. We we think they're done. They're not going to be good, and then they figure it out. Is that is that what's going on? Because I I mean Rodgers still threw for 400 yards this this week, so it very well could be that. I think that only time is going to tell whether or not they're able to figure it out as this year goes on. Uh, they were riddled with injuries coming into this week, didn't have a couple of their bigger weapons out there for him. Um, but then in talks with our uh, our colleagues up there in Milwaukee, I mean, they uh, – I hate those guys too. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, I mean, they're, they're not too pleased with the play calling or the, the game plan approach and things like that over the first few weeks. Um, so, you know, maybe there is a little bit of a disconnect between quarterback and coach in terms of how they should be attacking these defenses. But I mean, it, I'm all I'm all in if they're going to continue to struggle and have some question marks and, and allow the Bears to just keep terrorizing quarterbacks and, and Mitchie Armsleeve tossing the rock around. 
best QB in the NFL. Don't even talk. He's not. But, <laughs> you know, I think it was nice. Um, we were all a little upset. Bears heading off. We, no, we don't. We don't watch the best quarterback in the NFL. But um, when you sit there and you watch the Packers just get dominated by presumably the worst team in the North, like that's that's a very good – when the Bears don't have to play a game and they get farther ahead in the division, you know, I mean – that's big. Something probably couldn't have gone better. I mean, the Vikings could have lost to the Eagles, but yeah, that was a big disappointment. It's, it's big, but I, take take that last that worst team in the NFC North with a grain of salt because I still think the NFC North is probably the best division in football. Matt Stafford will figure out a way. He's got weapons on offense, and that defense is solid and more solid than it has been in years. Yeah, they're missing but, a lot with Ziggy being out, so that our, that defense takes a big step forward when he comes back. Are the Lions like only good at? Beating good teams like why well, so they far yeah, Patriots and Packers but elite quarterbacks they can't beat anybody else I don't, I don't understand but Bears wise big week coming up Dolphins have lost two in a row um, they're that team that it's like well they're the Dolphins they are supposed to suck but they started off three and zero so you go in they get beat by the Patriots and then. They should have beat the Bengals. They're up seventeen nothing at halftime, or seventeen three, whatever it was, and got absolutely dominated like in half. So, I don't think it's an easy matchup for the Bears, like we all want it to be. But yeah, I don't, I don't think it is an easy matchup either. I mean, going on the road, especially against a non-division team, is always very difficult in the NFL. So, I think this is going to be a big showing for the Bears in terms of you're coming off the bye week. What can you take from that time off, the extra practice, the extra reps and game film, uh, but also kind of, you know, the extra time to recover? They need to come out and, and make a statement here again on the road um, against a team, like you said, coming off two losses that weren't particularly close. And Ryan Tannehill is coming off of two games that were not very good at all. So, you know, all eyes are on him at home. So it's a statement game opportunity for him in the offense. Uh, but it's also a, a very good opportunity for, for Mitchell to go out there and, and build on his performance against the Buccaneers. The, the Dolphins are nothing special on defense. They're pretty much in the middle of the road in most of the defensive categories. So we'll see what they can do. I, I think they, I think they win. Um, I don't know if it's going to be as dominating of, of a performance as the Buccaneers game was, but maybe something around like a twenty-seven to thirteen or twenty-seven fourteen final for the Bears down there in South Beach. Yeah, I would think. I'm thinking, um, Cleo Max defense doesn't give up more than fourteen points because they're just that good. And Ryan Tannehill stinks. He's about as average as it gets. And Below average? I mean, yeah. he's the definition of mediocrity. Similar to Marcus, Dre- Marcus Mariota. Yeah, Mariota. Okay. Average. Uh, <laughs> but, hey, I mean, it, it, they, these are very different defenses. Or this is a very different defense that the Bears has now compared to what it did in 2014. But that I think that was the last time or one of the last two times that Tannehill faced the Bears. And he completed his first 14 passes yeah. that day and diced them up. Yeah. So it's obviously all new faces, completely different uh, situation with the teams here. But, you know, he may just see the, the same colors on the other side of the field and have some confidence. So I think they're going to need to try to get to him and rattle him as early and often as possible. And if they can do that, I, I like their chances uh, yeah. a great deal to move to four and one. Good luck. Both yep. And I think Mac Dolphins. Yeah. Right. And Dre, you touched on it. I think the biggest thing Bears fans should be watching for is 
Mitchell finally had that breakout game, and then he kind of got put on ice. Let's see how he responds. Exactly. I think this is a huge test for him. Um, does he? Can he roll this over? Can he take a quick pause and, you know, get right back to action? So we'll be watching for that this week. Um, I agree. At least yeah. in my eyes, that's the most important thing. Yeah, I mean, he's not going to throw six touchdowns every week. Um, at least I don't mm-hmm. think so. That'd be ideal, and it'd be a lot, might- lot of fun to watch. But he, he needs to show – that he can build off of that and, and make steps forward and not, not get stagnant or God forbid, just don't regress. So big opportunity for the team and uh, we'll see what they can do. Um, I last thing there, I think, it, I think it's a test for Nagy too, coming off a of bye week. Like I heard something about, you know, Andy Reed, how good Andy Reed is coming yeah. off. Bye week, and this is Nagy's first time. So yeah. How- can he take that from, from Andy Reed and run with it? That'd be great. I, um, certainly- Another thing that I think is, is going to be interesting to, to look at or see how it's handled, Jordan Howard was not used very much last week or two weeks ago now, I guess, against the Buccaneers. Tariq Cohen was really the focal point uh, from the running back position. So I, I was kind of bouncing back and forth. Was he not 100%? Were they realizing maybe he isn't the best fit for this offense? Um, and now in the last few days, seeing and hearing some rumblings that maybe he's going to be shopped a little bit in the trade market. Is that anything that you guys think they should be exploring? If they do, what's the market? Whatever you think in there. Um, I'll, I'll touch on that a little bit. I think it was John Clayton that um, he was covering the Eagles and that he mentioned Jordan Howard as a sleeper for them to keep an eye on. Um, I don't know. I mean, does he really fit this scheme that they have? I mean, you look at the, how the Chiefs played last year, and how, I mean, how they still are playing, and how awesome Tyreek Hill was, and Cohen is that. Is there a role with a guy like Howard who needs to touch the ball twenty times a game? Is is there a role here? I don't I don't know. And maybe we can get uh, third, fourth round, and maybe a player back. And we don't really have have many picks, so that might be a good thing to explore. And to counter that, though, Ryan, and I, I totally agree with and see what you're saying. Well, I don't agree with you, but I see what you're saying. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think there's such a value that Jordan Howard brings, not because, uh, I mean, sure, he's top two running back um, rushing yards-wise the past two years, but let's talk about how much he's taken on this payroll. I mean, what's his salary? High 500s, low 600s? That check. Um yeah, I'm not sure, I, but I'm, t- I'm. I know for sure it's under a million dollars. He is making um, his cap hit this year is six hundred ninety-two thousand and six dollars. Oh, okay, it's a rookie that's, deal. That's, yeah, it's, it's still his rookie deal. And I, no matter what Nagy's offense or not, you still need that power back. You need that thunder and lightning, um, like him and Cohen bring. And let's talk about how how much he's improved yes. in the passing game. I know he's not a pass catching running back, but he has improved. Yeah, putting the work. That that's that's my, I still think there's forward. value. <laughs> right, exactly. But that's my biggest thing. Like, if he had come out through the first four weeks and shown that he still had zero ability to catch the ball out of the backfield and was a non-factor in the receiving game, then I think there'd be a lot more credence to this argument that maybe they should be looking to move him sooner than later. Um, but he's not only not been a liability, but he was an asset there for a few a few games early on, making some plays out of the backfield in the uh, in the passing game. So. I wouldn't be in a hurry if I'm the Bears, and as a fan, I'm hoping they don't move him. Um, but I guess we'll kind of see if the value is there. I think Pace has shown over the last several months that he's not afraid to make big moves if they're if the value is there. So I guess I wouldn't be surprised either way. Uh, yeah, I totally agree with you. So I guess my question there is: so Tariq had this huge week, 
they're obviously going to go back through probably more than they did weeks one through three. Is what what happens if Howard again this week and maybe next week doesn't get touches? Is, then do we start questioning? Like maybe he just doesn't really fit this offense, and it was so much more explosive this past week than it was the first three weeks. And I think Tariq was probably a big part of that. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that if they go a few more weeks here um, and he is not a big impact guy, regardless of how he's getting his touches, you know, then I think you start to look at this a little more seriously that maybe it actually is, uh, you know, not a good fit. And that's the reality. Um, but I don't know. I think I might go a little bit on the other end initially and say that, you know, maybe he has a big breakout game. The, the Dolphins rank 20th against the run so far this year, um, giving up over 100 yards a game to running backs. So um, I would like to see Jordan Howard, and I think he will uh, have a big game, uh, maybe break a big run um, to help the numbers, uh, you know, the stats wise. But I think he has a big bounce back game. Nagy's done a lot, or he's done a good job of not being predictable. So maybe they go go to the little bit of a thunder approach as opposed to the lightning that we saw against Tampa Bay. And yeah, and if if Howard's not getting as many snaps, I I know he's my guy and I like him, but it's not like he's a fifteen million dollar man sitting on the pine, you know, right? You know, six hundred, great value for him no matter what. But I see both sides of the coin. But I side with keeping him. I think. You know, I heard something um, talking about keeping Howard fresher for later in the year. Like, you're not giving him as many touches now. Cohen's taking a lot of the work because it's working. You know, maybe we're sitting, you know, November, December, and it's snowing and Mitchell can't throw the ball. And then you start turning and handing it to 24. This guy hasn't had, you know, his normal workload. Like, he's going to be fresh, you know, pounded up the middle. I don't. There's nothing wrong with having a guy, you know, who can run between the tackles in football right now. As long as they have a plan for him, I'm 100%. I love Howard, too. I'm 100% in on keeping him. I just I just worry a little bit that there isn't a plan and he doesn't fit the scheme. And if there's a return, why not go explore it? Ryan likes Howard more than the rest of us because he's on his fan. If you guys are wondering. Oh, I have him on, I have, I have him on a roster, too. So I would definitely I, like to see a, the numbers bulk up a little bit, but... I think that uh, I think that we've definitely seen a lot, a lot, you know, a big improvement in terms of the planning and just orchestrating the offense and just overall team, you know, scheme with Nagy and Pace over the last, you know, from the off season through the first quarter of the season. So maybe last year I would have said that I had no confidence that they actually had a plan in place for him, but now I'm thinking that I'm just gonna put my trust in, in the front office and the coaching staff to, to figure out how to utilize the roster they have right now. Yep. And, you know, like I said, we didn't have the bears this weekend. It was, it was a slow weekend on Sunday. Packers lost great. But uh, I think the highlight of the weekend for myself came Saturday night at the UFC fights. Um, You know, we got some, some crazy interviews. We got guys jumping out of the, the octagon fight trainers other guys jumping in the ring but wild scene it was staged ryan thinks it was staged i'm not you know totally against that it might it might have been but i don't think it's i don't think that's a crazy thing to believe if i'm being honest you know it did feel a little wwe-esque yeah not even wwe we're calling this wwf we're going back to the stone cold days with this one world (laughs) wrestling federation i mean you know 
Habib's over here, like, yeah, Connor, you know, talked a lot of shit, and that's what he does. You know, that's how Connor McGregor makes his money. So, if you're Habib, I don't know why you were shocked by that. Like, I know he attacked you and your family and your religion, and, like, obviously that's not going to be cool with a lot of people, but, like, Conor McGregor makes his money like that. He's just trying to get in your head. And, I mean, Conor was uh, getting his ass kicked, but I heard something that, like, towards the end, he was like, you know, it's just it's just business. Like, I don't actually mean this stuff when I'm saying it to you. Like, I'm just trying to rattle you, and it obviously worked because he jumped out of the cage and started fighting. Right. So, so here's my thought on this, and our buddy Kickball Steve up north was – Shout out to you, Racquetball. Totally, totally on the opposite side of me and said it wasn't stayed. But even if, even if, like, it doesn't make sense to me that Khabib didn't know that Connor was just pushing his buttons and getting them all riled up. And now you look at it, and this is just an awesome opportunity for the UFC to get to that next level because they're going to market the hell out of this, just like they did with Connor throwing the chair at the bus. They played that video like four times Saturday night. And how many times are they going to play Khabib? jumping out of the octagon for this rematch if, if they can get this rematch going but i mean i just think it's this awesome opportunity and i think dana white saw that and oh yeah they're gonna capitalize on it for sure dana White's not dumb, right. you know you know and let's let's talk about that like the rematch part does connor deserve a rematch he got his ass kicked it, it doesn't is it, uh, <laughs> is it is the question whether or not he deserves a rematch or is the question is a rematch what makes them and the organization the most money? He's going to get one, Connor, I would assume. He kind of already, like, right away, this, the day after, asked one, one's a rematch. Yeah, he tweeted about it. So, like, I mean, it's happening, but I don't think in that in a sport the way that that's set up, and I'm the first to tell you that I don't follow it as much as I do every other sport, but, you know, I, I don't think it. a lot of it doesn't come down to whether or not the guy deserves it based off his last fight or how often he's fought and who he's fought. It's what can we market the best, what's going to make the most pay-per-view money, and what's going to get talked about the most. And, I mean, Conor McGregor has proven over the last several years that he is that guy. So I think there's no doubt that it happens, and based on what's the most re- gener- or what's going to generate the most revenue, he deserves it in that aspect for sure. It, it's the same thing, like, the Ronda Rousey situation. Like, she came back all of a sudden, and Dana White's like, here, you know, you get a title fight, mm-hmm. you're going to make me the most money. Right, and- exactly. You know, she got dominated, which was really bad for the UFC because Ronda Rousey's gone, so nobody really cares about, you know, the women's divisions now, which, I mean, that's just the reality of it. Um, when she's there, people are tuning into those fights. She's she's a main event and stuff like that. So I think even though McGregor, you know, I think he won one round and just got dominated in the other three. You know, I think he gets his rematch because Dana White knows that's my money. As long as Habib can, you know, get his green card and get a visa and stay in the country at this point. Yeah, there's a whole lot of legal details that come into the whole fiasco that happened, but I don't know how all that plays out. I mean, I think every all the guys who were involved with either side that were arrested were released right away, so I don't know if that's anything that leads to more charges or not or how future visas and travel is determined, but I mean, there, there's a whole lot of variables I feel like that are yet to be sorted out, but like it is with most, most big money athletic events or big money events in general, those things always seem to get worked out when there's more money to be made. Yeah. And I'm like you, you know, I don't follow the UFC that much. Like I 
I get the Ronda Rousey fight and, you know, I got this McGregor fight because I think Connor's hilarious. So I just kind of wanted to watch that. But I think if you have Habib fight somebody else, it's just not, it's not attractive to people. And no, because Connor's the, the name that I, every, that is out in front of everybody like us, that is maybe not even qualified as a casual fan of the sport. But that's the yeah, name we, that, that we resonate with, and we're going to tune in. If it's Khabib, even though I know him now and I'll remember this for a long time, if it's him against some name I've never heard of, there's no chance I'm paying for that. Right. And, you know, knowing you now, I'm assuming you see a UFC fight and you're like, you, your buddy tells you, come over and, you know, let's let's drink some beer and watch these guys punch each other in the face. Is that that what kind of fan you are is that where we're at yeah at this point i'd probably be a lot more inclined to do that especially uh if there's a couple cold beers involved like you like you mentioned <laughs> you know you, we can entice you with that of but course honestly that fight's gonna get the talk because of what habib did and you know Gregor getting punched in the back of the head and maybe throwing the first punch you know there's videos out there but the fight right before not right before two before that um Skin's new favorite guy. He's everybody's Skin. new favorite guy, isn't he? Uh, yeah, I don't know if it's just me, but Skin what, loves him. What a guy! Is it the Did best interview uh... of sports? I don't even know what's his name. I don't even know his name. Daniel is. Lewis. Derek Daniel Lewis. Lewis. No, it's Derek, Derek Lewis. Derek. Derek. Did you see? Did you see? He's he's uh, headlining the next. He's two thirty. He's yeah. headlining he's UFC two thirty. Right? Yeah. Yep. He's fighting Cormier. The Black Beast and man, that it was terrifying when he jumps on the ground and crawls. This dude emphasis on the beast you know he's got to get in the gym and do some more cardio and he's headlining the next ufc like is he gonna get his cardio in i mean he'll find a way he just throws haymakers he doesn't need the cardio he only does needs he, one punch he was, does he have to wear his pants next time <laughs> that, that might be a whole new marketing play does he <laughs> get to take his pants off depends if, he, if, his balls get if he goes rough and rowdy style maybe not how about Joe Rogan just coming out saying, yeah, I understand. Yep. Yeah. Like, I don't just know. Just rolling he, with it. He was like, hi, whatever. Yeah, sure. And then this guy, wow. Um, Craig Kimbrell just threw a pitch with his catcher standing up just to let our fans know that, like, they called time and he still threw it. It's kind of awesome. But, um, you know, this guy just going on and on. Donald Trump called him, you know, got to beat up this Russian mother effer, like, this guy does not care what he says. No. And then just for good measure, closes it out. I'll come on your podcast anytime and get high. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Rogan said absolutely. Yeah, just he, I mean, he was, he was either extremely prepared for how that interview goes or he was really good just kind of reacting off the cuff and not looking surprised because there were some answers that I don't think anyone expected. <laughs> No, I good for you, Joe Rogan. Like that was prime time TV right there. That's one of the best interviews I've ever seen. Joe Rogan is on the rise. He just got Elon Musk to to smoke a joint on on the podcast too, and that was that was wild. Bullshit. Here at you know rooftop radio, we're not going to have uh, our guests in here to smoke some joints and stuff. No. But. So if that's the uh, the poll that our get, potential guests are looking for, they're out of luck. But we'll still have you. That's not us. AJ might. You know, I'll enjoy a beer with you if you want an old style sitting outside of Wrigley, for sure. Um, they might drink a few beers, and you know, we could have a good time. But we're not having you on to do what Joe Rogan does. Um, but speaking of the UFC, you know, we're we're all gonna call Habib a dingus 
because of what yeah, he he's the unanimous dingus. You might have lost your belt and might not be allowed back into the country. So I don't really know what you're doing, but that's going to lead us into our dingus of the week. Dingus is, I don't know. Dingai? I don't dingus. think it's dingai. I'm going to go with dinguses. <laughs> dinguses, dingai, you call it whatever you want. Um, no, dingai sounds too much like pink you know, eye or something. Who would not know the answer to that is Bob Nightingale because that guy can't spell his own name. <laughs> so, um, but let's let's kick this off um, with one of the new guys. Uh, Jerry, you got, a, you got a dingus for us? I do. Um, I'm going to stick to hockey. Um, my dingus is the Nashville Predators. Tonight, they hung up a banner, not a Stanley Cup banner, not a Western Conference championship banner, a Western Conference regular season champion banner. Oh, my um, God. That's what Skinner would do with his fantasy that's, football. That's, Danny's got banners. Hey, I got banners, too. That's the Central Florida Knights. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so UCF night move. That is just a total loser organization move. I'm sorry, but um, not a fan of it. Yeah, couple that with trying to keep Chicago fans out of the stadium, and they're uh, par for the course. You're going to do stuff like that? Like, we're just going to make fun of you. Yeah. Oh, Oh my gosh. The Red Sox are going to blow this game (laughs) mid-podcast. I always always wonder when when teams do stuff like that, like, what is going on through your head? How do you think it's going to be received? You know, that's so Yeah, is there not one guy in that front office who was, like, at the meeting, like, hey, we're going to do this? Not one guy was, like, bold enough to say, hey, let's not. It's probably the guys underneath who are, like, what are they going to do? They say something, they're canned, you know? Yeah. Well, like, do you think they're fans like that stuff? Like, are you happy that your team's doing that? I feel like you can't know unless you're a fan, you know? Well, it's just like I, from an outsider's I, point of view, I, you're going to be like, you're an idiot. think this is cool. <laughs> and, like, she's the face of that franchise. So, I, I mean, Carrie needs to step up there and, you know, let them know that Western Conference regular season champion banners, that's not a cool thing. Yeah, but, like, does anybody outside the organization know that? prior to the prior banner to actually the being raised. Actually like, by that point, it's too late, right? She's got to have some inside info, right? I mean, I would hope yeah, so, but... <laughs> no, she's... Wait, is he even on the team anymore? I don't even think he's on the team. I think he I honestly don't know, but... She's I don't watch uh... They keep showing her in the stands. I'll continue to watch their games when they're on. <laughs> that could be irrelevant. She probably still has a say, even though he's retired, but... She's, um, she's too so, busy writing... Yeah, uh, be a or... Jerry, we appreciate you bringing up how dumb the Nashville Predators are. Got you guys going. Um, Shane, you're also new to this this podcast this week. What, you got a you dingus over there? So yeah, there's a couple ways we can go with this, but I'm going to go with one that relates to my fantasy team. I'm going to go Jason Garrett. His so, second place fantasy team in my yeah, division. Well, just, we're not, we just get a lot scored on this, but that's besides that. Jason Garrett. I don't know if you watched Austin. the game. It was Sunday night, I believe. Yeah, Sunday night. It was the Cowboys Texans game in overtime. They go to overtime. They're fourth and one, right? In overtime on the Texans forty two. So they're you know, you're in that no man's range. This man goes, I'm a punt. When you got arguably the best line in football and arguably a top I would say it's safe to say three running back in the league. Fair to say. I mean and, close, we'll we'll call him top five for sure, but I mean top yeah, yeah. It's not Subject a could be three. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And this man goes, oh, I'm a punt. Honestly, not a Cowboys fan by any means, but Jason Garrett should be fired. 100%. There's no doubt about it. This man, yeah, Jerry, this man's one. I woke up to that in the morning and was like, what? Why? Like, 
I mean, you look at that, and then shout out to Sean McVay for having the balls to go for it on fourth and oh, yeah. by two on his own 40-yard line. Jason Garrett has won two playoff games in nine seasons. Time for him to go. Him and Marvin Lewis. Marvin Lewis, Mar- they're going to rename the Bengals the Marvin Lewises. It's going to be the Cincinnati Marvin Lewises at this point. Yeah, that, that ownership that in Cincinnati is just too, like, family-oriented. And once right. they have a guy in like that, they're just they're very hard-pressed to get, get him out. To the Cowboys, my my buddy who um, likes to follow ball Chicago, Zach Thomas, gave a gave a nice tweet saying he remembers when Dak Prescott was good. He's old enough to remember when Dak, Dak Prescott, Prescott was, was never good. So that's Jerry's savior, though. Dak Prescott was never good. They need to bring back Romo. Let's clarify, Jerry Jones. Jerry, yeah, Jerry Jones, not our Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> our Jerry, not as dumb as Jerry. Jones. Jerry with a J. Jones. Jerry, didn't Jerry Jones say something like he views Prescott like the Rams view? Yeah. Yes. He, we have as much confidence in him, so oh, why can't he be Jerry Goff? Well, Dak just is isn't. trash. They need to bring back Romo. That's brutal. Jerry Jones. Hey, when, Romo will do better than whatever Prescott's doing right now. True. 100%. I mean, put Odell as their quarterback. He's better than Dak Prescott. The, Cow- the Cowboys are a mess. Dez just went off on him again today after he decided he wanted to come back. Dez wants to play for him. He wants to go off on him, you know. Guys, being guys. AJ, give me a dingus. Well, so you made the comment about the Red Sox maybe blowing this, and if we had gone on with this and I could have postponed mine any longer, it may have been Craig Kimbrell, but because Dude, he has yet to blow it, guys, we're going to we'll go into how excited I was to have him as a Cub next year. <laughs> and now this dude can't throw a strike, and it's like, okay, maybe I don't want him for Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, if, we, if I could have postponed it a little longer, he may have been a last-second addition. But I'm going to go with another local podcast uh, personality here in Chicago, White Sox Dave of Barstool and Redline Radio. And oh, oh, fly out to the track. I thought he got enough of it. I thought. Got that too. So the Yankees are within one now. Um, but yeah, I'll go with White Sox Dave this week. Um, don't want to be too critical, obviously, because they've got uh, you know they've got a ton of success with their their new podcast now being under the Barstool <laughs> umbrella. Um, you know, if he wants to join the podcast as a guest at some point, we'd be more than happy. But I actually tweeted at him as a response to why he's my dingus, and it was in their episode that came out this morning or yesterday morning that he was going on and on. Oh, the Bears are the healthiest team in, like, the history of football. They have no injuries. You know, this is the best thing ever. You keep rolling like this, and you'll you'll cruise. And the rest of the guys are just like, oh, don't say that. Like, I'm not going to touch that. Like, you don't want to be jinxing these things. And so I tweeted at him this morning. I said, any Bears injury from here, you know, until the rest of time is on you. And he said something along the lines of, if that happens or somebody tears an ACL, I'll go in Daily Plaza and people can throw tomatoes at me. So, um, everybody can I feel free was- to go tweet at him and kind of reinforce that. Um, obviously, we're hoping there are no injuries and, and the Bears can run through the season as healthy as possible, but uh, don't need to be jinxing things like that this early in the season. So, yeah. White Sox, Dave, I- uh, be better. I've always wanted to throw tomatoes at someone, so I will be there. Are, are the tomatoes supplied or is it bring your own tomato? Probably. Barstool could probably yeah. supply those, right? They got money to supply those. BYOT. <laughs> BYOT. <laughs> There you go. You know, sitting here before we get to Skinner's Dingus, Craig Kimbrell facing Gleyber Torres right now, I believe. Oh, yeah. Is this like Theo? You know, he's just sitting here like, man, I gave this guy away so my future closer, Craig Kimbrell, can strike him out to send my team to the ALCS. Let's change the verb from give to trade. (laughs) No, he gave. 
Good. No, because the guy they got back for him helped him win a World Series. Yeah, he did. I know, but I mean, I, I didn't want to keep Glaber because I liked the other two that the Cubs had. So is it, it was bad fun. that I kind of hope he gets a hit? Like I want to see him succeed, even though he's not on the Cubs, that, which is so I weird. Like succeed? Nah. I want the Red Sox to win, though. So do I'm I. Not a, I have the Red Sox on Sox Nation, Soxtober, whatever we want to call it. But uh, yeah, so while we sit here and watch this. Huge at bat. Glaber Torres' biggest at bat of his career. Skinner. Dingus? Uh, yeah. My dingus, I'm going to go back to football. We like I, football. I guess here. I could do, I'm going to go Mason Crosby, but I could just go the whole package of organization as a whole. You, Mike McCarthy. That's who we're talking yeah. about. This this dude just missed four field goals. Missing Crosby. Points. And an extra point. And an extra point. Uh, that's his five three, kicks. 13 total. points this man just left on the board. <laughs> And they, they lost, lost by eight. eight. They lost the game by eight. Shane, you're taking all my sentences, dude. Um, but yeah, I mean, we got to get rid of. Oh, I, I mean, oh. not we. They have got to get rid of that dude. And is he out? He's out. He's out. Red Sox are moving on. on. The Packers organization as a whole, because this is the second time. Was it two years ago that Crosby was just god awful? And this is the second time that they're giving this dude another chance. And I don't know. I mean. Hey, I, I'll call him a dingus, but if they want to keep being dinguses, a ding guy, whatever please, you want to call it, please, please, keep, doing please, that. please keep doing it. Um, this is going to be – sorry, side note. We didn't really want to cut Skinner off there, but, yeah, I mean, sorry. The Red Sox just had a bang-bang play at first, and it's going to be really awkward if he's safe. Like, they just kind well, of, and now somebody's hurt. Now somebody's Nunez hurt, hurt himself, it looks like. They just did, like, a little mini celebration here, and this guy – like, Glaber might be safe. I'm not sure. I'm watching the replay here. Um, but yeah, so Dingus Packers, thank you. You know, you got, oh, he's out. He's, he's out. out. All right. So the Packers, you guys right there with John Gruden as reasons why the bears are the first place bears. Thanks, John Gruden. Thanks, John Gruden. You guys are huge dinguses, ding guy, whatever we want to call you. Um, my dingus is getting, a warm welcome to this podcast tonight. My dingus is going to be Shane because <laughs> this man over here, sugar I was sugar Shane to you, you know, sugar Shane. I was going to go with Habib for jumping over the ring, but here, over the octagon, whatever. Um, but I'm going to call out Shane here for continually telling our group chat how the Titans are for real, the Titans are going to win the next eight Super Bowls. You know, never said that. You <laughs> might have. Um, How good Marcus Mariota is. Marcus Mariota is, is just mediocre. better than Tom Brady. Like, that's... Oh, I, I never like said that either. And so, you know, this week I was like, oh, sure. I'll pick the Titans. That's why they lost. They're playing the Bills. I'll parlay them on Bovada. Shout out Bovada. They're a free ad for you guys. Um, And they come out and they lose to the Bills. The Bills. The, the Bills Buffalo flew, they Bills. They flew to the wrong city this year. They probably flew to the wrong – was it in Buffalo? or? Yeah, in it was in Buffalo. Okay. They might have flown to Nashville thinking that the game was away before they realized it was at home, and they still beat the Bills. Did, okay. Did or you still see – the Titans, sorry. Did you see the Titans' last drive? Yes or no? Uh, no, because I don't watch Titans. Okay. Games. I just didn't I know if you saw a highlight. Nick Williams, when I say this man dropped the most wide-open touchdown I've ever seen in my life, like – Name anyone you could think of in the world. They catch this pass. Throw freaking. Throw freaking John Fox out there. That man catches it. Doesn't matter. 
But this thing was like, and it was like a lob, like no one near him, wasn't throwing hard. Man drops it, they get a field goal. They score a touchdown there, they win the game. 100%. And Nick Williams got cut today, by the way. I mean, that's what you should do. The Packers probably should have cut me. The Packers should have left Mason Crosby and Mike McCarthy in Detroit. So the Titans didn't lose that game. Nick Williams lost that game. The Titans lost to the Bills. They lost to the Bills, and you told me the Titans were for real. So, oh, yeah. so of course I believe you. You can't lose. We're friends, and I like to listen to your thoughts. You know, hey, Shane said the Titans are for real. I'll pick the Titans this week. Wrong. The Titans don't win games they're supposed to. That means they can't be a good team then. <laughs> no, they win games they're not supposed to. So when they go to the playoffs this year and they win, they're winning two playoff games this year. Put that on the record. They're winning two playoff games this year. When they do that, then you come talk to me. You got to make them win two playoff games. Yeah. So First place Titans. First place Titans. First place Titans in the worst division in football. Um, oh, yeah, the NFC East? I don't know they played in the NFC East. So, yeah, you kind of got me fine, though, thinking. I mean, the NFC East is bad, but the, I would, the Eagles would win that, the AFC South or whatever the Titans oh, win. they beat the Titans? I don't remember. I would bet that the, I would bet you the Eagles would win that division. I don't remember if they beat That's the Titans. Well, the Titans play that division speaking. this year, so when they sweep that division, you come talk to me. They're winning at least three of them. You're dingus. You know that? That's what you are. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to Rooftop Radio. You're a dingus. Anyways, I don't want to rip on Shane the rest of the night because, you know, I told you guys I liked him. We're friends. We want him to, we want him to come back. At we, least once. we want him to come back. So let's let's get some final thoughts here. We'll call this after the final whistle. Um, so let's start with Shane because – I feel bad about making fun of You know, I don't really have any more final thoughts after you just grilled my Titan. <laughs> but my biggest final thought, I'm going to go back to what I just said. The Titans are winning two playoff games. Put that on the record, whatever you want to say. And um, as far as uh, another final thought, make sure you uh, read the blog this weekend. We'll, uh, Dan and I, or Moses, as he likes to be called, will get some money in your pocket. Can you put money in your uh, pocket? Because I'm losing. Sneak peek. Sneak peek. Tampa Bay, Atlanta. Play everyone. Play everyone. Is Julio Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston this week. That the over. Telling you that. That's a great. Jameis Winston is a great value play. This Speaking week. of the over, I bet three games. I did a four game parlay, and three of them were betting the over, and all three of them were under. Good bet, Cody. Shout out, big cap. Betting over. Yeah. Always bet the over. Life's too short to bet the under. So, um, Gary, Jerry, sorry, we'll call you Jerry since it's the end. Yeah. Um, get a quick, uh, final thought from you. Absolutely. Um, I'm a huge Chicago sports fan, but if you guys hear puking sounds, it's just Dreyless. Uh, Maze and Blue got the big game this weekend against hosting the Badgers from Madison. Let's uh, go, Wisco. Game days there. They're another Badgers. Yeah, Badgers are in. Well, I don't you're know. Just, you're um, the from Madison, <laughs> right? Huge game though for the Maize and Blue. Uh, game day, right? Since ND, yeah, game day's there, and uh, Michigan really needs to win out. They have the they have the schedule too. If they win out, they make the CFP. But we'll see how it goes. I'm looking forward to it. Go Blue. Go Blue. I'm not a big Blue fan. You know, I I'm in on him every year. I don't really. Shane's always in on him. He's always wrong. So Jerry, My you man. Can blame Shane for the. Wolverines never making the CFP. Or their lack of quarterback play. Um, AJ, 
give me give me a final final thought after the whistle. Um, yeah, so I'm going to do a quick uh, college football thing as well. Notre Dame with a big statement win um, at one of the toughest places to play in college football over Virginia Tech this past weekend. Um, and then other than that, I will be making my first trek up to Lambeau Field for the Monday night game against the 49ers. So hoping to Niners, see another uh, hoping to see another underperformance by Mason Crossbar and hopefully the Bears can <laughs> pick up another half game after they beat the Dolphins on Sunday. Go Bears. First place Bears. Not first place Packers. Um, Skin, what you got? Um, I'm gonna give some love to the Bulls since we didn't touch on the Bulls and I'm the Bulls writer, which I haven't. He's the Bulls writer, just so you guys know. Haven't, I'm very haven't excited. Written a, haven't written a blog about him yet, but <laughs> I am the Bulls writer. Um, but they still look real bad on defense, and the Bucks made them look awful a couple days ago. But they bounced back a little bit. Still lost the game. But I want to touch on how good Zach Levine looked. Um, I think he was 4 to 5 from 3 and had 26 points. Um, I think that was very refreshing to just see him, kind of consistently see him be a constant threat. And consistency is going to be the biggest thing with him this year. And hopefully we get to see a lot of Zach Levine putting up over 20 points a game this year. Yep, uh, big fan of Zach Levine, lots of swagger over there. Uh, my final thoughts real quick here, go Red Sox. They just uh, made the ALCS. I also like the Astros, though, since the Cubs, yeah, well, they're dead. Um, go Dodgers. Nobody likes the Brewers. Um, and, you know, quick shout-out, John Gruden, thank you for Khalil Mack. But that's, that's how I'm going to end it. That's how I plan on ending every week because John Gruden is a dingus, and I love him for it. So we want to thank you guys again for tuning in to episode two of Rooftop Radio. Um, our guest picker this week, NFL Pick'em, somebody wants to uh, join in next week. This week we got Mike DeFabo. Uh, he's a writer for um, some news stations out in Indiana. He covers Purdue University, so we're excited to have Mike. Um, we're going to see if he can dethrone Kyle Thompson because, unfortunately, Miss Dame's class did not. They had a tough week at 7 and 8. I also had a tough week at Miss Dame's class. It's okay. Um, so we got Mike coming on this week, and then uh, hopefully we can, you know, snag another big-name guest next week if uh, you guys want to be a part of that. Um, once again, write in, you know, the Twitter if you want to on the pod. We're going to put in the Twitter mailbag soon. Um, we're working on that. We're working through some kinks here, so we appreciate you guys listening in. And we will see you guys again next week. Um, this has been Episode 2 of Rooftop Radio, Chicago's High Rise Podcast. We'll see you guys again next week.